The teachings of General Conference are the considerations the Lord would have before us now and in the months ahead. Our marching orders for each six months are found in the General Conference addresses. For the next six months, your conference edition of the Ensign should stand next to your standard works and be referred to frequently. I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I exhort you to study the messages of this conference frequently, even repeatedly, during the next six months. You're listening to the Conference Talk Podcast, where it's conference weekend every weekend. Each weekend, we discuss talks from the most recent General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's right. We'll share some insights, make some connections, and have a bit of fun as we study the words of the awesome men and women that God has called to direct His church in the latter days. I'm Meg Tilton. And I'm Kevin Stanfield. This episode, we are talking about Elder Uchtdorf. I almost called him President Uchtdorf. Uh, his address called Our Heartfelt All. It was a good one. It was a really good one. And they kind of, they were kind of sneaky by putting him at the end mm-hmm. of Sunday afternoon where you're feeling a little bit sleepy, mm-hmm. you know, the cinnamon rolls have hit you, right? And oh, they hit me way before the end. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, but, but it definitely got me uh, perked up right there at the end ready to, to drink those last ounces of revelation in, um, what Meg, what are, what are your first impressions from the talk? You know, um, I, I kind of am surprised cause I was like, I must have, the cinnamons really have must, cinnamon rolls must have really kicked in. Cause I do not remember this talk at <laughs> all, actually. So I'm really glad that I went back because in, in many ways, I feel like it was an answer to, kind of a question I've been having now in my own life, you know, being a mom of five kids, running a business. I'm an early morning seminary teacher. He's like, Ugh. you know, he's talking about riding a bike, right? And how you need to be moving forward. But I just feel like my bike sometimes is so heavy because I have like all of these different things that I'm trying to carry. And what I really liked about the message was, is that he was like, it doesn't have to be all these multiple things that we're carrying, it can just be one thing and they all connect. Right. And so I really want to go back and actually personally do some more study of this and really dive in and see like, okay, what, how do I need to integrate better my motherhood, my seminary calling, my business and all of that into basically just the savior and having him help me carry all those things. So it's not, it's not like compartmentalized, but it's just how I live my life. Absolutely. You know, not, it's a little bit later on in the talk, but uh, Elder Uchtdorf, he mentions the difference between consecration and sacrifice Mm -hmm. where, you know, consecration, nothing is actually consumed on the altar. Um, Instead, it's almost that you're doing something to elevate your behavior and Mm -hmm. and your, your outlook and just your, your attitude, I guess, Mm -hmm. on how you perform, um, how you perform your daily tasks. And um, 
I, I dare say, higher and holier, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really awesome. One of the things I really liked, and I have found this actually pretty frequently in my coaching business that I have when I'm coaching people and they feel kind of stuck and they don't know exactly what to do. And I kind of, I, he used the analogy of a bike. And then of course he used the analogy of an airplane because he loves doing that. Um, well, I often use the analogy of a train. Like it's really hard. If you think of like a locomotive, that's so heavy and it's so hard like the train, you cannot move a train that's in the station. The, the station, it has to be moving, you know, forward in order for it to be able to turn and make movements, like go to the destinations that it wants to. But he was making those same um, analogies, like, you know, on a bike, if you ever watch a little kid who's riding a bike, when they slow down, that's when they get really wobbly, right? But you're like, okay, pedal faster. And it seems really counterintuitive, right? Like it seems like if I'm going to go faster or be moving forward, then I'm not going to know what to do. It's going to, it's going to be scarier. It's, I'm going to be off balance. I'm going to fall, but that's actually what allows you not to be off balance and, and, um, a little kid to actually not fall off a bike. Well, any of us for that matter. Right. So, um, and my dad was an air, airline pilot, so I kind of love his stories about, but I do think it's, and we were just traveling and I rode for the first time on a double decker airplane, like the two double deckers, the Airbus. And I, I mean, I was like, Oh my gosh, how's this thing going to get off the ground? Like there's so many people, it's so heavy. But it is just amazing. Like it needs that forward momentum and then it lifts it into the air. And then the amazing places that you can go once that's happening is truly a miracle in so many ways. But it is really true for our own life. Like we just have to get going. Like you have to start moving and not worry about, oh, it has to look perfect. It has to look really good. I have to be doing everything exactly right. But as you're moving, then Heavenly Father can give you ideas. You can say, oh, that didn't work. Oh, I don't like sitting on the bike this way. Or I don't, you know, like this particular airplane. I like this one or or whatever. Or, I don't want to go there again. I don't want to go to this destination. I get to go over here now. Mm-hmm. But he can't do that if you don't put the effort in yourself. Yeah. Well, you know, listening to you and and thinking about this this action that we have to take I think of the lead up to the action Mm. and, you know, the, the opening story from the scriptures that elder Uchtdorf references, Mm -hmm. um, the widow's might, Mm -hmm. there's so many ways to go. I mean, we could, we could have like a whole podcast series. I'm sure about digging into that, that story and discussing all of the different ways that we can go with that those principles that are, that are addressed therein. But what I think about listening to you is the widow as she is approaching the treasury, you know, we, I think of her and I, I wonder, you know, what, what kept her going. And it was because I believe she had this great faith that if she made this ultimate sacrifice, then not not only was it the correct thing to do for her, but she knew that she would be truly blessed for it. And it was 
it was her all, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think about the the part of the story again that we don't see where she she goes away back into her life and you know that that intention that she set by by giving her all to the lord mm-hmm. and we don't know we don't know what happened after that right but mm-hmm. that's that's where i actually like how in the talk president Elder Uchtdorf, he says, in praising this faithful widow, the Savior gave us a standard to measure our discipleship. And I wrote there in my margins, you know, this is what the scriptures do. They give us the standard, not the um, the explicit instructions. We, you know, Meg, you and I, we don't have to go and write a check, an open check, right? Mm-hmm. And give it to the bishop on Sunday. That's not what the scriptures are saying. It's saying this is the standard that we need to measure ourselves and our discipleship by, which is we need to give it our all. You know, I think that's a really good thing that you say, like it gives us the standard and we each get to decide really what is our all, right? Because he, he uses the other part of that parable that he didn't talk about in this, which was the men who were like, I can't believe she's coming and just giving that little bit. And he's like, but what you have given, while it may be so much more, it still wasn't your all. And so that's really where the lesson comes in for all of us, right? It's not about how much. It's not about what exactly you are giving. It's about this relationship that you have individually with the the Savior and our Heavenly Father and knowing this is what I know is my all to you. And the And the really interesting thing is, is that that can vary in our lifetime, right? Like sometimes it's like, I have a lot of energy and I'm feeling really great and I'm going to go serve several people today and I feel uplifted. And then the next day I'm like, I'm exhausted. Like all I can do is take a nap, (laughs) you know, like, like, you know that you're still giving your all, but it looks different sometimes on a day-to-day basis, month-to-month basis, whatever, but it's just having that integrity with yourself. And I think that that's where the work comes in for each of us is to say, okay, today, what is my all that I can give? Because sometimes it's I'm taking a nap and sometimes it's I'm going out and I'm visiting five friends or helping my friend paint their house or whatever, you know? Um, and so it's very individual. Yeah. And, and what you're talking about is is also – what Elder Uchtdorf kind of transitioned when he was saying, you know, we talked about that balance mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then he likened it into the bicycle and the airplane and so on. He's saying mm-hmm. you know, perhaps our challenge is that we think balance means dividing our time evenly, evenly among mm-hmm. competing interests. Mm-hmm. And so what I hear you saying um, and what I believe is, is at the core of the message is that you're not trying to divide between all of these, you know, macro scenarios, you Mm -hmm. know, find out what difference can you make today? I I talk in, in my own, um, you know, consultation role at my job. I talk about, you know, what can we really accomplish with what we have today. 
Um, let's not uh, overpromise un- and underdeliver. And it's really detrimental when we do that to ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. sometimes really frustrating to a client if mm-hmm. you do that, right? Mm-hmm. And then think about, you know, overpromising and under-delivering, I can't say that word tonight, to the Mm -hmm. Lord, right? Um, When that's not really necessary. He's not saying, hey, I want you to give me the stars. He's Mm -hmm. saying, you know, what can you give me in this moment? I know you perfectly. You know, Mm -hmm. a client has their own beliefs and assumptions about what you can deliver. Mm -hmm. You may also have these ideas, a perception of what you're capable of on a certain day. And yeah, you can let yourself down. We don't have to worry about letting the Lord down. He knows us perfectly and he knows what we can deliver each day. But then it's our responsibility to be honest with ourselves and with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I like that because um, that also um, helps us not to drop into comparison, right? So, like say in your business, it's like, well, there might be this huge company that's doing the same thing and they can deliver all of this to their clients. And am I going to promise all that even though I can't? And then I'm frustrated. My client's frustrated. We're not living in integrity with one another. The same is true. Like she gave, the widow gave her two mites and he didn't say, and she looked around to see what everybody else was giving. (laughs) And like, she compared herself to everybody. She was like, this is what I have and this is what I'm going to give. And that's good enough. Right. And that was really true. Like she just knew she didn't compare. And I think we can often do that in our lives and thinking like, I know I felt that way a lot as a seminary teacher. Cause you know, last year I taught my team teacher. She's taught for like five or six years. My te- team teacher this year, she's a professional, like in her profession, she's a high school teacher. I'm like, Oh my gosh, she gets up there and she teaches with no notes. I'm like, that is not me. (laughs) Like I'm not there yet, you know? So it's really like, I can't compare myself to her and heavenly father still needed me to be, needs me to be in that class. My students still need what I have to give. It's not going to be the same, but if I get all caught up in like, Oh my gosh, I'm not as good as my seminary partner and she's doing so well then I'm not going to be in tune with the spirit and what I actually need to bring to the table and what is needed, you know, in that classroom from me. So I just think that's a good lesson too, that we can learn from that. Yeah. I, um, something that, that really hit me was that idea of comparison serving in the Lord's kingdom. Like Mm -hmm. what a, you know, not to be too frank, but like what a, pointless thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. How, how useless is it to compare ourselves with others service? Like all, like if it really bothers it bothers you that much, just serve more. Right. But <laughs> you don't, you don't have to compare yourself to, you know, I think as you spoke, I, I thought of like, I don't know, looking at the Bishop and, and feeling inadequate mm-hmm. in your service. Mm-hmm. Like hang on a second, that's, that's a terrible comparison, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if you are, you know, if you have a calling, um, there's probably not one much more demanding in the war than the bishop, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe to 
to bring it down a little bit, but you know, my wife was a, uh, was the young woman's president for a couple of years. And at the beginning, I'm sure it was very easy to compare with the previous mm-hmm. young woman's mm-hmm. president. Right. Mm-hmm. And those, those comparisons are not useful. Um, if anything, they can, they can be damaging and they can just slow your progress to hitting your stride to where you, where you can really maintain at. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, and that, that kind of goes back to, you know, this, this forward momentum, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. um, setting the intention, uh, moving forward and understanding that some days, that intensity is going to be lower, but the forward direction maybe is more important than your velocity. I don't know. I feel like I'm trying to be Elder <laughs> Uchtdorf using these big aeronautical <laughs> words or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's funny. Well, you know, it, So I think this is a great analogy, actually, that we kind of have a side tangent on on comparison, because I think, too, we can compare ourselves, but then we can also compare other, and I have been guilty of this, like, where I'm like, oh, my gosh, why aren't they doing this in their calling? Or why aren't they doing this better? Or they should be doing this or that. And it's kind of like we become those Pharisees and Sadducees who were looking at her going, is that all that she's going to give? Like that's not enough, right? We can end up being both people in that parable very easily if we're not careful. And, um, you know, if we're in the comparison trap, like whether we're her and we're looking and seeing what other people are doing and comparing ourselves, or if we're in the Sadducee and Pharisee place where we're like, that's not enough, the forward momentum gets stopped, right? Like we're not moving forward in unity as a body of a ward in a marriage, um, in seminary partner callings, you know, whatever it is, we're starting to divide and compare. And that momentum that can really carry and lift all of us to a higher level gets stopped. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, to, to quote Elder Uchtdorf again, and, and just to kind of transition, uh, Maybe not transition, but to move it along, um, he says, what does this mean for us as disciples of Jesus Christ? It means that if we want to find balance in life, and if we want the Savior to lift us heavenward, then our commitment to him and his gospel can't be casual or occasional. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really is, uh, it's an opportunity, right, mm-hmm. for us to to make this commitment. And our level of commitment. Uh, we've touched on it a, a few times, I guess, but I guess that intensity can really be felt within us so much more than, than maybe what is apparent to others. And then like you said, Meg, understanding that some people, uh, maybe if you watch them, their intensity is probably felt more so within them than what may be apparent on the outside. And so mm-hmm. staying incredibly humbled. And I, I mean, me in any leadership uh, role that I've ever been a part of, whether it was in the church or out the, out of the church, the best policy is to just be so grateful for anything that anybody does. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's one thing to have the appropriate expectations mm-hmm. of team members or partners. Um, but, um, sorry, I got, I got distracted. I heard my wife talking, okay. <laughs> um, but it, it is just so important to, to practice that humility. And then I always enjoy turning it back on myself and saying, or by saying, you know, what can I be grateful that I accomplished today? Mm-hmm. Right. How can mm-hmm. I not look down on myself and feel down or get down on myself, right? Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. not very useful in the long run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, <clears throat> again, that widow might, like, like you said, we could talk about this from all, so many different angles, but I think what an amazing woman she must have been to have the courage to show up knowing that what she was giving was so little compared to what everybody else was giving. And that didn't matter. Because she knew she was giving everything and she gave it freely. And um, I just think, you know, that's a really cool thing. Like, you know, we always talk about, (laughs) we always talk about who do you want to meet? Like, uh, you know, Nephi, I think he's amazing. I'm like, I can't wait to meet Nephi. But I'm like, you know what? This widow, I think it would be, she would be a really cool person to meet in the next life and be like, who are you? What were you really like? Like you had so much faith. I can't believe I'd love to see what the rest of your life looked like. Well, what, uh, where else can we go, you know, by way of conclusion today? Yeah, I think, you know, I think we've brought up some really, really good points about, you know, we each individually know what our all is and what somebody's all is, is going to look different from person to person and actually from day to day. And, um, that's just where we need to be in really good connection with heavenly father and Jesus Christ and in integrity with ourselves and with them. And I really did like what you said, like, as you've served in the church, like just extending a, a, a tremendous amount of grace to everybody, right? Because you don't know what their situation really is or how much they really are giving. Um, Yes, it might look so subpar to what you could give, but that might be actually all that's needed and all that they can. And they're actually giving more than you. Maybe you never know, like you just never know. So, and just to keep moving forward, don't get stuck. Like they'll all be okay. Just keep going. <laughs> wow. What, what you just said then, which was, it was, it's all that's needed. You know, it, it goes back to what I said about the Lord knowing us perfectly. He also knows the end from the beginning. He knows what is needed to accomplish his work. Mm-hmm. And when he calls, um, a, a relief society president or an elders quorum president who has, you know, young children, who has all of these competing demands on their time. He did that for a reason. Mm-hmm. And th- there was an opportunity for them to learn, could be an opportunity for them to learn how to delegate, right. To mm-hmm. get some good counselors. Right. But he knows what's needed. And so as you, all of you out there, you and me, as we approach our discipleship and we wonder, you know, is our, are we committed enough? Are we getting enough done? 
be honest with ourselves first and foremost, and then trust that the Lord is going to work it out his way and his timing. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's my takeaway from the talk. Yeah. I think that's so great. Cause isn't there a quote by elder Holland where I'm not, I'm going to totally butcher it, but he's basically talking about, you know, like how we can often get frustrated working with humans and then like how God works with humans. Can you imagine how frustrating (laughs) that must be? And I just think, you know, that's so true. Like he's infinitely patient with us. He's giving us second tries all the time. And if we're trying to be like him, we need to do that with ourselves, and we need to do that with others. And it's such a gift that we can give to ourselves and to others and move everything forward instead of getting stuck on, oh, this isn't enough. Oh, I don't know how to balance it all. I don't know how to do it all. And um, I always kind of think about Heavenly Father and I'm like, I really do think that he feels so many emotions and he under, I think he understands every emotion. But I think one emotion that he understands, but I don't think he dwells in or is very often there is worry. Like he does not worry about things. Like he's like, it's all going to work out. It's all going to be fine. It's all going to, we're all going to get to where we need to be. And I just think that that's a really awesome thing to realize. One of the things that I think is really amazing about Heavenly Father that goes along with what you were saying with, he knows the beginning, he knows the end, he knows everything that needs to happen is in my coaching business, I work a lot with emotions and having people really understand their emotions. And I think Heavenly Father understands every emotion. I think he has felt every emotion because he was like we once were, right? Um, And so I don't think we should ever belittle any emotions, but there is one emotion that I think he never spends time in. Or if he does, I guess I can't, I don't know God, so I don't personally like that. So I don't know like if he really ever does, but I don't think he spends time with worry. Like he knows everything's going to be okay. Like he knows that he's called this Relief Society president who has three young kids who is, feels maybe sometimes overwhelmed and he knows exactly what she's supposed to learn. And yes, maybe it doesn't look like the way that you would think it should look, or he knows you and all of your shortcomings and strengths. And you may struggle and feel like, oh, this isn't enough. Or people may even tell you that. And that's okay. Like Heavenly Father isn't really worried. He's not worried about that. He's like, it's all going to be okay. Right. And, um, and I think we spend a lot of time in worry trying to quote unquote, get things right or whatever. And I just think it's such a useless emotion. And I'm not saying I don't do it. Like I do it myself. Mm -hmm. Like we all do it. Right. But I think we can really take some, um, you know, just some peace into our lives, knowing he's in control. He's got it all figured out. We just need to know where we stand with him and what really we can give each day. And that's enough. He's going to, he's going to run with it. He can make it greater than we ever could. So. Wow. So becoming to become more like Jesus Christ and heavenly father, we just need to worry less. Yeah. I mean, that's that is somewhat faith, right? I think mm. you can have worry and faith together, but really when we learn to have more true faith, we don't worry as much because he's like it's like truly handing it over to him. Like he's going to make it all okay. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's hard. I I 
I know that's so hard. <laughs> so there's no judgment here. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, but that is, well, I love that. So yeah. All right. Well, awesome. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of the conference talk podcast. This episode, we discussed Elder Uchtdorf's address entitled Our Heartfelt All. If you enjoyed this episode, give us a five-star rating. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere you get podcasts. You can find links to all of our podcast platforms on our website, conferencetalk.org. Conferencetalk.org is also where you can follow us on social media. Drop us a comment, check out the show notes, find the resources we mentioned in the episodes, and learn more about us, your hosts. If you want to follow me, which is, you'll be following my wife and I, <laughs> you can find us at ChristCenteredConversations.org, and you can tune into our weekly podcast where we discuss the scriptures. It's the Book of Mormon podcast. Awesome. And if you want to find me, you can find me at megtiltoncoaching.com and also at Meg, Meg at, yeah, at Meg Tilton Coaching on Instagram. But while we always appreciate new followers, it's better to follow the prophet and the apostles themselves. That's right. Although we love speaking about the church and our leaders, we do not speak for them. Everything said on this podcast represents our own personal opinions. So join us next week for some more personal opinions on the Conference Talk podcast. Mm-hmm.